0: attempting to find the answers for all of life's many question marks. Over because I played a little bit of the clip. All right, maybe it is now that you were still. Mm -mm. I'll just wait for it to start over, right? And so I was thinking that I was still just getting that in my rear view like just lights from Uh, you didn't see me turn around. No, I never saw you turn around until we or when we saw when we heard you make the noise. That was when I realized that wasn't just the lights that we had passed, okay. Yeah, I was booking it to catch it up to you. I'm surprised you didn't see my lights back behind you. No, I saw the lights, but just thought it was because we were passing. Oh, okay. All right. Well, looks like you're good to go as far as your alcohol level. So, all right, y'all just okay. be safe and don't frighten nobody else. All right. All, all right. right and can I stop my license back? Oh, do I have it? I'm sorry. It's back in my pocket, it? All right, here you go. I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all be safe. Driving while black, a calculation for a black body. Keep your hands at 10 and 2. Watch out for 12. If you get pulled over, know inevitably when you get pulled over, don't be the one to reach for anything first. Remember, it takes zero seconds for the officer to zero in on you, like the barrel of his gun, no, with the barrel of his gun. Now let's check the equation. That's the officer's 45 Post it up against your temples, your hands straight up, an equal sign, into the bullet, and we all know zero times anything always equals zero, and your black body is always zero. Even when there's millions of us at a protest, because zero raised to a million is still zero, isn't it? Remember, never be in the wrong angle. Always be acute. Never obtuse to an officer's double vision. Remember, you can become a hashtag with the wrong move, a pound sign circulating on social media, an epitaph, in two places at one time, six feet deep and still on the internet scrolling. Trick question, you can't be in two places at one time. As a black person, you can hardly be one and keep your marbles intact. Next question, if there are eight black marbles and two white, what's the likelihood the next one they pull will be you? Remember, to always check your perimeter. Understand the area. Understand that everything must be a calculation because with your melanin, they've already <laughs> made so much of you. They've already multiplied what you are. Remember to cross this racial divide, they have to see you. They don't really see you at the square root of all this. You've always been 3 firsts of a person. Three-fifths of a person. Remember, fractions and how they work one over one equals one remaining if the officer is the racist white one and you're the black one only one of you will survive this situation remember some people see your black body as a problem and want to erase you i mean delete you from the equation hey guys this is attempting to find the answers And this episode is about DWBs or driving while black. And I'm your host, Raya B. Let's get into it. So this episode is going to be about some bullshit that happened to me and some questions I have about it that I never really get answers to or face to ask. So I hope that you enjoy. So driving while black. Most of you know what I mean. But it is when you're a person of color, behind the wheel, going anywhere. So for a lot of people, when they got their license, that was your freedom. Um, And when you're a person of color, when you get your license, it's your freedom. But it's also another place for you to be confined. Um, When you are a person of color, specifically a black person, there's a separate lesson that you have to get apart from just learning to drive. You have to learn what happens when you'll inevitably be pulled over and how you should behave in a docile manner so that a white officer doesn't kill you. And that's just the reality of what we live in in 2018 going on 2019 and 2040 and whatever time period you live in, you still have to like shuck and jive for master to get away with your life. Um, And so that's what I want to get into. I have had so many traumatic interactions when it comes to being on the road and interacting with police officers um and this isn't to say that all police officers are like this but some are and some do have prejudice views and sometimes they impose those views on you so this actually happened to me yesterday um and I was just in a vulnerable space I had been coming back from a friend's event And I was on a back road in rural North Carolina. And this happens everywhere. So don't let it fool you. This has happened to me in New York. This has happened to me in North Carolina. This has happened to me in South Carolina. It's happened to me. It can happen any and everywhere. This has happened to me outside of the country. It's just as a black person, we are policed at heavier rates. And that's just facts. And and there's no fiction involved in it at all. So last night, luckily, I was with someone else. um, But an officer pulled me over young um, white male officer already came up to my car um, with an attitude and said like girl to me instead of actually you know asking what my name was Um, so I already knew what time it was and before he even walked up to the car because of what we're conditioned to deal with in the states I pulled my license out of my wallet in advance and just had it ready in the cup holder Because I knew that this officer was going to have his hand hovering above his holster. I knew that reaching for something could look like I'm reaching for a weapon and not just for my wallet. And I knew that I wanted to live to see the next day. So that's just one thing that we do to be proactive is you can get your things ready. I turned my music down, although the music I was listening to should have nothing to do with how the officer perceives me or how he's going to handle me. I turned it off because I knew how he was. I put my flashers on and I went to a well-lit area so that if anything did pop off, there would be other witnesses. And I also, as you guys heard earlier in the episode, recorded what was going on. Um, and I do recommend that for anybody of color, for anyone dealing with the police that you feel vulnerable, you feel uncomfortable, please, 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 please understand your power in social media and please, record something even if it's placed down in your lap because if you hold it up sometimes it can provoke folks um but please document what is happening to you because there's been so many interactions I did not document and at that point you have no proof um and we want to be able to raise to power the truth of the situation of what's going on so anyway this officer um asked me if I had been drinking and I said that you know I had had one drink like hours prior um because I had gone to a wedding which I mean you know there's a champagne toast that was an open bar and I had had like a drink or two um and I let him know that and was just like you know that's an hours ago um he had me just immediately was like okay well say your alphabet from E through P <laughs> and I'm just like what like even on a normal day that's a difficult thing to ask but I went ahead and I said the alphabet quickly and he's like okay back down the other way so I did that I'm um, still jumping through masses hoops doing all the things but still not knowing what's really going to happen to me to be honest I'm feeling very uncomfortable I'm um, very traumatized not even just from this situation but knowing what's going on in the world and how we are being killed by police and then people are getting paid time off for that um, and also just knowing what I've dealt with in my own life and how it's gone left real quick um, and so then he tells me to touch my fingers together And so i'm doing this i'm doing it perfectly and then he's like okay i'll be back he says something over the speaker runs my tags um and then comes back with a breathalyzer and proceeds to breathalyze me like four times um and every single time i'm being breathalyzed i'm blowing a zero um and it's almost like he's disappointed because he wanted to be able to like catch us up for something like it was some way he was going to take us down that night Um, And then at the end, he's like, well, you can go. But still admonishing me like, oh, well, when was your last drink? I'm like, we've already gone through all of the procedures. So why is this interaction even still staying? And the only reason I'm still continuing to talk is I'm like, this man is my license. And this is another story. But I've dealt with police um, when I was in Greenville, North Carolina, where they actually took my license and I didn't get it back. Um, And it was just an excessive use of power. And so he had my license in his back pocket. And he's like, well, yeah, you're free to go. And I'm like, well, can I have my license back? And he's like, oh, sorry, didn't realize. And it's like, it's just, I don't know if people just don't care how they're perceived, if people just don't understand what white supremacy is, if people don't understand what policing was built on. But it's just, time is up for all of this bullshit. And I left the interaction and I just played Isaac Hayes and I cried, y'all because it's something to make it's just it's an indescribable feeling to be made to feel helpless and so small especially when you're an independent you're an independent and you're a very confident person Um, it's very tough when you're in these type of power dynamics that are just so unhealthy that you know there's nothing you can do if anything happens to you Um, And all you can do is like adhere to what this person is saying. And although they're using all these excessive tactics, you feel like you can't speak out because it's just period, not safe. Um, And I want to just talk to people about driving while black and how, you know, your, your experiences are valid. And if you haven't experienced this, you know, God bless you. And you're really lucky to be a melanated person, but just to know how to deal with this if it does happen to you. Make sure when you are pulled over, you're going to go ahead and get your license out in advance. And this isn't us catering to a white world. This is us just being resilient and surviving that interaction. We don't have time for people to misunderstand what you're grabbing for. Just have your thing ready in your cup holder. Have your registration ready. Um, And this still doesn't guarantee because we know that respectability politics mean nothing. You can pull up your pants. You can live the way they always told you to live and you can still deal with racism and you can still deal with being hurt because of the color of your skin. Um, But I just try to always be ready with those things. Um, Always try to have a positive attitude even when you know it's bullshit. Even when you know it's bullshit, y'all. I just... You know that unless you have a lot of witnesses and you're in the bright of day and even then I've seen it go left. It's just they're on a power trip, but at the same time, you're just on your life's journey and you don't have time for anybody to end it. Um, Always make sure that you're recording. I'm telling you, I don't get pulled over now anymore without having any audio or video. Um, It's just not safe, y'all it's just really not safe and if you are in an area where you feel comfortable to let them know you're recording the interaction I would recommend that too um and just know that you know you're a powerful person and it doesn't matter you know what experiences you've been through you're not the only one this is not an isolated incident and you are valid in the things that you're feeling and the things that you're saying happen to you Um, I've had so many situations where I've had people say that I was like a drug dealer cops that pulled me over and like bring out two and three drug dogs and use excessive force just for what for being a black woman driving a nice car Um, know your rights know that even if they tell you to open the trunk you have you know they need a warrant for that Jay-Z taught us that Um, and I mean sometimes it's not even worth not opening the trunk but just know what you're entitled to say and do and know that you you're not doing anything wrong. I know. Still, when I hear even a siren and music, y'all, every hair on my neck <laughs> stands up, and I like freeze up because I just don't know what's gonna happen next. Um, and I, I mean, when I see lights, I, I freak out too because I'm just like, are they coming for me? Um, and this isn't even an answer, really. This is just I want to let other people know that like we're entitled to ask questions about why our system is set up like this and why people are able to behave like this and why our communities are over-policed and why people that look like us are stopped more frequently and just why we're made to feel inferior. And I just want you to know that, you know, these conversations are very critical and necessary. And so when you're giving the keys to anyone in your life that looks like us, make sure you're letting them know what the realities are um, and preparing them for their interactions with law enforcement, and know that you can do everything right and things can still go wrong, and you can still be falsely accused. And the only thing I can say is like, don't have any internalized shame about that. Um, and try to build community around it because I've dealt with a lot of folks, family, friends, just people I went to support that I didn't even know well that were' dealing with you know being falsely accused being incarcerated whatever whatever have you um and they feel embarrassed to talk about it because it feels like well, I have a mugshot I did something wrong or I don't want people to know or and it's just it's so inhumane how we treat people in this criminal justice system and we need to have more conversations around it and we need to be able to discuss how they could be wrong even if someone does say that this person is guilty it doesn't necessarily mean that they are and just because this person has gone to jail doesn't even mean that they necessarily broke the law (laughs) anymore it just doesn't um and if you're looking to find out more information please check out 13th by Ava DuVernay on Netflix please research any of this information on the criminal justice system because people take plea deals just because they're not aware of their rights they're told you know that they could be facing 10 years or they could plea out I just dealt with a friend that was going through this and like luckily he stayed to his guns even though it looked like he was going to be appealing this for the next three years and he had no money for a lawyer Um, it turned out that the case was like overturned you really just never know and if he had just Gotten weaker in his mindset, or just given up, he would have plead, pled guilty to something he didn't even do, just to ensure that he wasn't going to do any time, or that he wouldn't have to keep paying a lawyer for three years. So everything is not black and white. Um, I keep that in mind because there was a lot of ignorance I had around the system for a really long time, and I thought criminals were actually evil and malicious as they painted them out to be. But no, most of the time criminals are just people who were in the wrong place at the wrong time and didn't really understand fully what their rights were. Um, And then were swallowed up by this huge system that actually increased the bad behavior um, and the negative influences in their life. And I I know I got a little bit heavy on y'all for this episode, but it's like, I have to talk about this. I felt such a way um, and just so admonished and so, vulnerable and so raw and so unprotected um and as a black woman I think that's a common feeling and all I can say is I'm sorry and I see you and I feel what you're feeling and it's valid and we need to talk about it more um and one thing that I want to say is as the the question to end off this episode is just you know What more can you do to really raise awareness about what's going on Um, and what conversations aren't we having? Because that's the whole purpose of attempting to find the answers to really start these conversations. I really, truly believe that's where healing begins when you start talking. Um, and when there's silence, that's where the pain, that's where the trauma, that's where it can thrive because no one's discussing what's going on in our communities. No one's discussing the pain. No one's discussing the discrimination. And when people's mouths are closed, things can happen um, and no one knows that they're happening and no one can help and no one can advocate and no one can create solutions because we're we're just staying silent um, and, and we have to raise our voices We have to uplift our voices and we have to really speak about what the truth is when it comes to these situations and what our lived experiences are. Um, And when we start raising them to power, we're going to start having more power um, and we're going to start having more influence. And so I just wanted to share that with you all today. Um, And I, I want to say my reuse, recycle, um, reduce reuse and recycle so with reducing um I'm gonna let go of you know a lot of the fears that I have and I don't mean fears like in a sense of being scared of dying but at the hands of police I mean fears in a sense of being very rebellious and resisting the system that currently exists and being vocal about the fact that I am an activist and I am a radical person and I am about this revolution that is inevitably going to come as much as they try to stop it from coming. Um, And I am going to say the things I'm reusing is I'm really harnessing all that pain and that trauma and I'm putting that into power. And so all of those experiences I've had that were negative with police all of those interactions I've had with the criminal justice system through family and friends, I'm using that to really feel my passion to work towards making a better world um, and to calling things out as I see them. And if I do see a black man that's being pulled over by a white officer or a black person, period, if I'm not in a rush to go somewhere I, I sit in my car and I stop and I wait to see what happens because I'm standing for others and I'm, I'm being an ally for others that are dealing with this. Um, and I am going to continue to talk with friends and family, especially younger ones coming up to let them know how to protect themselves and, um, how to advocate for themselves. And then for recycling, I mean just, I'm going to recycle the phrase that I always have held dear and, and true to my life is Let Black Lives Matter, in that, you know, we're black and proud, and we're black and beautiful, and I'm gonna continue to remind myself when this world doesn't, and I I wanna just give a little shout-out to, um, on this episode, I know it was a little unconventional to other episodes, but I'm playing around with the format still, so bear with me, but I also was able to check out Black Klansmen, and I, I really recommend for anyone to check it out, It is such, Spike Lee is back, y'all. I was skeptical on She's Gotta Have It. Um, The first She's Gotta Have It original was already like, okay, okay, Spike. Like, because he just kind of made it seem, I don't like how he portrayed queer women of color, I'll put it that way, um, as just a default for when things don't work out with your man or um, the way that he portrayed her necessarily living out her polyamory in the show. I do know a lot of people who are polyamorous and also live in New York City. And it just, it doesn't feel authentic to like their lives to me. But like this Black Klansman, y'all, he got it right. It was incredible. Um, And it was times I had to stand up and almost leave the theater. And the reason was it was just so intense. He really showed the underbelly of racism that this country is built on and really talked about it and went there. Um, and I know there are a lot of podcasts that are probably going to review that movie. So I'm not going to get too heavy into it, but I just felt it was so interesting. The juxtaposition between what's going on in the country now and this really true story. Um, and just talking about the KKK, which we have so much information on and is still not seen as a terrorist group while black lives matter is, um, and just calling it like it is. And also talking about the complex between being a house Negro. And being somebody out in the field uh, working with revolution. So I I used to work with a group in New York called Soul Fire Farm. And they work on reconnecting black and brown folks to the land and healing. Shout out to them. They're a beautiful group of individuals. But they taught me a little bit about, um, you know, ways in which to protest and to be a revolutionary and there are three different ways that I just want to like highlight and and speak about really quickly. So the first way is you working within the system. So an example of this is someone like Don Lemon or someone who is going to be a newscaster and they're going to represent for the black and brown or going to be a politician and they're going to represent for the black and brown, going to be, you know, a, a stakeholder in law or whatever their field is and they're a queer person whatever the minority they're a disabled person whatever the minority group is they're going to infiltrate the system and they're going to do their work within there now there's going to be a separate group that is on the ground um, outside of the system protesting Um, and those folks are needed to really push Different issues through whether it's like lobbying, um, raise awareness for things going on. A lot of issues like Flint not having water, like what happened at Standing Rock. No one would have known unless those protesters were actually taking time out of their day to really stand with signs. So when people say protesting doesn't do anything literally laugh in their face because it's already done so much like protesting gets it to where the policymakers or those people inside the system can even have leverage to say why change needs to happen because enough people have shown interest in that endeavor and so the third way in which you can be a revolutionary or be protesting is you're building a system outside of what already exists um, and this is like people who are radical groups um, that are creating an, a new way of life. And in a, a good example is Soul Fire Farm itself. Um, it's just a farming collective that works on like food deserts in upstate New York in the Albany area. And they've just created their own system of farming where the community comes and helps to take care of the land. And then in return, when the harvest comes, they give um, different shares of the crop to the community. And that's not really something that exists within a system that, you know america has created um it's something that they did on their own and it's self-sustaining and we need all three of those things to really dismantle this system that currently exists so don't ever i say all that to say don't ever shame someone because they're a house nigga as you would say because they're working within the system to make their change or don't ever shame somebody else who is on the ground protesting for things Um, and not willing to put on a suit and not willing to do things that way because the thing is you can't you we wouldn't have even been able to get as far as we did with with Malcolm without Martin so it's like of course they wanted to go with the person who was less combative and less radical because they see a Huey because they see a Malcolm and then they see a Huey they see a Martin and then they're willing to let Malcolm come to the table so we need all the different aspects of Resistance to really be able to make a change in the system. So keep that in mind. And sometimes you can be working within several different components at once. You can be trying to infiltrate the system with your job, but you can also be going to the protest and you can also be coming up with your own ideas for organizations and nonprofits in that third prong. So don't feel like you just have to commit to one area. And if you are committed to one area, that's fine too, as long as you're doing something, because staying silent. Is the same as saying that the status quo was okay. And it's just not. So, y'all have a great rest of the week. Thank you for chilling with me. And remember to always try to turn those question marks into filled in blanks. This has been Raya B. And that was attempting to find the answers for today. This episode of Attempting to Find the Answers was hosted and designed by Mariah Barber and produced by Poetic Lee or Benny Williams. This is a Beyond Your Definition LLC production.